Mary. Awesome. Man, I sat here reading and kind of got ahead where I was at. I, I want to, this is not where we're at tonight, but I just want to read what God just gave me and we'll see if it helps anybody here tonight. Nehemiah chapter 1, got my Bible. Verse 10. How many have been walking with the Lord for most of their life? Anybody here? Raise your hand. Been in church probably more than you've been out of church. Anybody? Raise your hand so I can see it. Raise your hand. Okay, I'm putting mine down because I had Put yours back up. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to be really honest with me. Keep your hand up. I can't see you. All you with your hand up, and I'm not poking fun. I'm thanking God that you were in church most of your life. Praise God for that. But I'm going to ask you a real serious question. If you've got your walk down pat with God, would you stand tonight? If you got this whole Christian way of living down, Pat, would you please stand and tell the rest of us how to do it? I don't think that we ever stop coming to God. Come on, somebody. I don't think that with the problems that we face day in and day out, we don't ever stop coming to God. You and I need church. You and I need church. Somebody grasped that tonight. We need to go to church. You need to get somewhere and you need to get plugged in. You need to be around other believers, other people who think like you, who got the same mindset as you, that you love Jesus and you're trying to do your very best every single day. Nehemiah is a great man of God and he had opposition on the outside and he had opposition on the inside. Let me say this to you. I've been walking with God for 10 years and I understand opposition on the outside. And I understand opposition on the inside. There will always be opposition, my brothers and sisters, no matter how long you've been walking with the Lord. No matter how many Sundays and Wednesdays or how much you do. I get tired of hearing people tell about how much they do for the Lord. Man, I can't, I can't grasp how much I've done for the Lord in the last 10 years, but I'm not looking for a pat on the back. He done so much just in one day that I can't even repay back. He died on Calvary so that I may have a way to heaven. That He came and he rolled back that tomb so I might get my name wrote in the Lamb's Book of Life. He did more in one day than I've done in 10 years. I thank God for the miracle of Christ tonight. It's not even Christmas that I'm talking about. I thank you for a virgin born with a child and named him Jesus. And I don't care how long you've been walking with him, you need him. You need him, man. You need him. To get the work done, you need him. <laughs> to get this marriage thing done, you need him. To get this church staying and these ministries completed, you need him. To get through vacation Bible school, you need him. Miss Vicky's out there tonight with a handful of youth, you need him. Let Mary and the girls are over there tonight, and you need him. How many need him tonight? You need Jesus in every area of your life. I thank God that I got him. I have to remind myself daily that he's there. I don't forget that, brothers and sisters. Whenever you're doing a work for the Lord or when God is bringing healing into your life, you will experience opposition. People will question your motives of why you're doing what you're doing. You may experience opposition from people that you least expect it, but it don't matter. Jesus will always be there. <laughs> That's good news tonight. 
I love what I just found. It's not even where I'm at tonight. Nehemiah 1.10 says, They are your servants and your people who you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. O oh Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayers of your servant and to the prayers of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. Boy, I love that tonight. Amen. Boy, I want to tell you, opposition comes. You got to learn to take the high road. Got to learn to walk for God. Got to learn to serve God. Got to learn to keep your eye on the work. Nehemiah was that guy. He, uh, they're working on the walls because the walls came crumbling down and there's a bunch of rubble here. Nehemiah 1.3 is where we're at. They said to me, those who survived the exile are back in the providence and are in great trouble and disgrace. The walls of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. All this came about and now it's time to get them built back. Where are you tonight? Where are you tonight in your walk with Jesus Christ? Are you working for the Lord tonight? Are you coming really tonight to hear from the Lord? Are you wanting to really seek Him in everything that you do? That's an honest question, Danny. I'm asking you honestly. Ask, answer that for yourself, Joe. Is that what you want for your life? I know that's what I want for my life. And that's what I want for your life. You know, my life before Christ was rubble. It was a disgrace. As a matter of fact, there was nothing in my life any good at all. Not my marriage, not my relationship with my children. Nothing in my life was good at all. Good came when I got with Jesus. How many can testify to that tonight? Good came when you got with Jesus. Amen. I found out sometime that hurting people often try to hurt other people. You know, God has taught me that he will never leave me and that I should put my confidence in him and not in man. How many hear me tonight? God taught me that he would never leave me. If I'm doing the work for him, if I'm serving him, if I'm trying my very best, I'm not supposed to be people-pleasing. I'm supposed to be God-pleasing. If you're here tonight and you're doing your very best, then let me tell you something tonight. God is going to shine down his favor on you, and that ought to be something that you celebrate tonight. Because he asked in the prayer, Lord, let, you, let, let the favor come. Let the favor of God come. Man, I didn't get to where I am today without the favor of God. You didn't get to where you are tonight by not having the favor of God in your life. Amen. Opposition will come. It will come when you least expect it. It will come from sources you least expect it to come from. Nehemiah had opposition from the outside discouragement from the inside yet he had a great task of rebuilding the walls and you know how many days it took to rebuild those walls 52 days well that's a lot of work to build a wall all the way around the city of jerusalem 52 days what's five plus two this is a test boy y'all didn't go to my school did y'all huh what's number seven mean completion it took 52 days to build those walls back nonstop, working, working, serving, never quitting, singing songs of praise. They'd have church right there on the wall. They didn't give up. 52 days, and finally it was complete. I, I was thinking about that, my office. That's the number of seven. 
And as in this story of Nehemiah, we rebuild these walls of Jerusalem, he experienced opposition all the way from his enemies. From the time he was given permission from the king and scouted out the land to the very end of completing the walls, Nehemiah was attacked. That tells me and you tonight that spiritual attacks come all the time. 52 days. I talked to someone the other day, and they said, Brother Mark, I've been going through hell for two weeks. Nehemiah went through hell for 52 days. How many weeks is that? Anybody got a clue? Come on, math, math, mathematicians. Seven weeks. That's a long time. A lot of people give up with the first attack within the first day. A lot of people give up, you know, after just a little bit of hard time. Opposition came to him for 52 days. From the time he had given permission from, from the king and scouted out the land to the time the walls was completed, Nehemiah was attacked. And I want to look at this story, and I want us to see how to, 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 to get in a position where, where when we are getting attacked that we can fight back. The, my whole reason for doing this series is not for us to get attacked and take it, but to become like soldiers. And begin to fight back. So you have to get your mind wrapped around tonight that you are soldiers for the Lord. Amen. Come on, somebody. Amen. So I want you to picture in your mind right now you got camo on and you're not a redneck. All right. Come on, somebody. Picture in your mind. Pay attention to you. Pay attention to you. Picture in your mind you got camo on. You got a helmet on. You got a gun. You're ready to go to battle, and you're waging war against the devil himself because you're a soldier. You're a soldier in the army of the Lord. The moment you got saved, you signed up to be a soldier in the Lord. There, there was a recruiting process, and in that recruiting process, you saw the errors of your ways, repented of your sins, asked Christ into your heart, and then you got enlisted, and you became an enemy of Satan. So picture yourself tonight in camo fatigues. I wish I'd have had some. I'd have put them on. Instead, I got the brightest thing I get shot at in. <laughs> I'm glad they put bulletproof stuff in this little thing here. But I don't want you to keep getting beat up. I want you to fight back. And Pastor Mark don't only want you to fight back. He wants you to win. I want you to hit the devil so hard that he runs the other way from you. Come on, somebody, hear me tonight. We're going to learn in the book of Nehemiah through this series that we can hit him back. So many of us just want to hit somebody when we get mad. We want to get mad, we get aggravated, we want to kick somebody in the teeth. Why not Satan? He's the one whose opposition comes from anyway. Oh, listen to me tonight. Number one, I want us to look at this story and see the steps to to at the opposition that comes at us. So we're going to look at 12 steps to overcome opposition. I'm probably not going to get to all of them tonight. I might even only get to two of them. But number one, write this down, take notes, get a mental memory. If you ain't got a pen or paper, listen, get a memo, mental, mental memory tonight. Father, help these people to remember what they're learning tonight. Father, I pray that we increase our memory, Lord, that you would just speak to our hearts, let it be in our hearts and in our mind, Lord, and when it's time to use it, Lord, it comes right back, fresh, ready to go, jump-started, ready to, to, to put the devil in his place. In Jesus' name, amen. Nehemiah, number one, be wise to the words of the enemy. 
How many understand he comes with little words and whispers? Sneak attacks in our mind. How many knows that people whisper around? Nehemiah found, found, found that there was opposition on the outside and there was opposition on the inside. The outside attacks was coming from Nehemiah's... Uh, the, 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 man, let me say this to you. The enemy puts things out there in your mind and then he puts things in other people's mind. So you got opposition coming from the outside and opposition coming from the inside. Brothers, the number one thing is we have to be wise to the words of the enemy. If he's speaking lies, you need to recognize that tonight. Huh? Somebody hear me tonight. I got to watching that movie, Bad Boys. Anybody ever seen that movie, Bad Boys, with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence? Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Somebody almost moved like they had a warrant. Like, I'm out, man. What's Pastor doing tonight, man? I ain't turning nobody in. Slow down. You know, I, I, I was watching Bad Boys, Bad Boys, Martin Lawrence. I was watching it the other night, and it's a good movie. I watched it a thousand times, but it was just so relevant to my... He, he, was, he had to take a witness, and, and he had to act like he was a, a Will Smith. Martin Lawrence had to act like he was Will Smith, and Will Smith had to act like he was Martin Lawrence. So Martin Lawrence took over Will Smith's apartment there with, with a young lady who was single, and she was a, a lady of the night, and he was like, man, and I'm married. I can't do this, Chief. The Chief said, if you want your job, you got to do it. So he had to do it. And then Will Smith went home with Martin Lawrence's wife, and they've been best friends all their life. They joined the police force together, all that. And, and, and all of a sudden, uh, there was little whispers in his head that made him think that his wife was cheating on him with his best friend. How many have seen the movie? Remember what I'm talking about. They went out there and got crazy all in the front yard. That's what the enemy does. He whispers things on the outside, and he whispers things on the inside. We have to be wise to the words the enemy uses to try to bring discouragement and fear into our lives. In the case of Nehemiah, he stayed strong at each attack. Nehemiah 4, 1 through 3, got my Bible? But when Sandoval heard that we were building the walls, he was angry and in a great rage. And he ridiculed the Jews. And he said before his brethren in the army of Samaria, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore things at will by themselves? Will they try to bear their gods with sacrifices? Will they finish up in one day? See, all this ridicule is coming to Nehemiah. Will they reveal the stones out of the heaps of rubbish, seeing they are, say, seeing they are burned? Now Tobiah and the Ammonites were near him, and he said, What they build is a fox to climb up upon it and will break down their stone wall. All these things were insults to Nehemiah. There's nothing like trying to get your life right with God and having people insult you. <laughs> Who am I talking to tonight? There's nothing like trying to get your life right, get your family right, get yourself plugged in, and hear ridicule and belittlement from other people. Man, that'll just kill you, won't it? I've been walking with the Lord for 10 years, Donnie, and it still hurts when people talk about me. I don't think I'll ever be tough-skinned where when people say things about you or say things about me that I, I can take that. I can't take that, man. But Nehemiah shows us tonight 
Even if they're talking, you still got to get to working. Come on, somebody. Even if your family's belittling you. Even if all your friends are talking about you. Even if the people at your work don't, they're making fun of you when you're bowing your head and praying before you eat. Don't worry about what they're saying. They're making fun of you because you're giving up your Saturdays and Sundays to come and work on God's house. Don't worry about that. You stay focused on the bigger prize, which is to see Jesus. I said that kind of low, which is to see Jesus. It's amazing how the very insults had to do with Nehemiah's faith and his actions. How many sometimes get talked about, get ridiculed, and it makes you push on a little harder to prove them wrong? I preached one time, if you stay saved, stay serving, just to prove everybody else wrong, do it that way. If that's the only reason you're going to do it, then do it anyway. You say, Brother Mark, that don't make sense. It does to me. Because all my life I've been told I'd never be nothing. If I do it and I prove my stepdaddy wrong, I've done a good job. I think I've done something. People have been telling us, all of us, that we're never going to be nothing, never going to have nothing, never going to amount to nothing. But God said he don't make junk. God says he'll take a rubble and he'll make a beautiful wall out of it. A fortress. It's amazing how these very insults had to do with Nehemiah's faith and has put his face into action. This is how the enemy works. Satan tries to hit us with his best shots and targets, the very core of who we are. In the case of Sandoval, he, he ridicules Nehemiah and calls him a, a feeble. He says, well, he's not strong enough to do that. Sometimes the enemy puts it in my mind. I'm not strong enough. I'm not capable enough. I'm not very good enough. We can't listen to that that's coming from the outside. We got to believe what God's put on the inside. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. <laughs> I'll be the head and not the tail. I'll be the lender and not the borrower. Come on, somebody hear me tonight. Everything that we are and everything that we're becoming is because Jesus Christ beautifully and wonderfully made us. Who sees herself as that tonight? That's how the enemy works. Satan tries to hit us with his best shots. Tells us we're feeble, that we're no good. Sandoval also mocked the, their worship practices by saying, will they try to bribe their God with sacrifice? He knew how the Jews worshipped and attacked the words that could have brought discouragement and fear. Man, I, I, I was telling Brother Chris this just today. I've tried to build relationships with other pastors in the community. And I don't know why they don't want to have relationships with me. I don't know why. I can't understand it. I want to have a relationship with them. We're kingdom builders. We're all on the, working for the same Lord. I'm not in competition with any of them. I'm just doing my own thing, and I'm doing my thing for the Lord. But I'll walk up, and I'll try to talk to them, or I'll try to call them, and I'll try to have fellowship. And, man, it's just like, man, they hi-hat me. How many people have been in the cowboy world where people hi-hat you? You know what that means? Let me give you a little cowboy language. I mean, they look at you like, huh, huh? I ain't talking to him. I ain't talking to her. New pastor came in down the road about a year ago. The old pastor at that church, I'm not going to say the church's name, was my friend. He was a great friend to me, man. We talked. Matter of fact, when the church rose up against him, I was there praying for him. When they attacked his wife and told him that, 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 that his wife was stealing from the church. You know what they said? That she stole a coffee cup. Somebody just need to slap them. I said, man, let me come over there and preach just one time. Please let me preach. 
when they were going through attacks, they had to move out of their house. Danny, you think this thing is easy? You think this thing is easy? You're out of your mind. People are hateful. People are rude. People are mean. People, people sometimes let the devil get in them. And I was great friends with this pastor, and they had to move clear over to Willis. And, man, they lived in this house up in the woods. Man, I, it was hard to find. And we'd go over there, and we'd pray for him. And, and, man, God called him into the army, into the chaplain ministry. Right now, tonight, he's in Afghanistan serving. Praise God. Somebody give God a praise. Huh? Protecting our right to have freedom of religion. He's a chaplain in the military, and he's in Afghanistan. They brought in a new pastor, Brother Tommy. I went over to welcome him. Hey, man, how you doing? You know me. I was, hey. And I said, how y'all doing? Good to meet you. And I said, is the new pastor in? Yeah, he's in. I said, well, can I talk to him? He said, well, who are you? I said, well, I'm Pastor Mark from the Cowboy Church down the road. I just wanted to welcome the new pastor in. She leaned back in her chair and said, he here. <laughs> I'm like, he here. Okay. And, and, they, and I heard him say, well, send him in. And I went in. I said, hey, man, how you doing? I'm Pastor Mark, Caney Creek Cowboy Church. Just wanted to welcome you to the area. I've been in the area all my life. Oh. Well, I know you're the new pastor, and I'm excited for you. And, I, and if we can do anything to help you, just let me know. He said, we'll be all right. I said, well, I just thank you for what you do. This, I'm telling you, the God's honest truth, this happened. I want to thank you for what you're doing and what you're doing. All right. He never asked me to sit down, never asked me to take my hat off, never asked about the church, never asked about my family, never asked about you guys, never gave me the time of day. You know what? I said, okay, I'm going to continue to pray for him. And even to this day, when I drive by that church, I say a little prayer. I pray that church grows. I pray it prospers. I pray God breaks his heart into a million pieces to know that we are kingdom builders. We're, we should never be on the same. We should never be on different pages when it comes to kingdom building. Somebody say amen. Amen. Y'all can tell them who it is and who I said. I don't mind. I preach the truth around here. Tobias attacked their actions by saying, what are they building? If a fox climbs up on it, it's going to break down. How many people have served right here at Caney Creek Cowboy Church and got attacked? Don't raise your hand. You were doing something for God, but it wasn't good enough for your neighbor. They didn't think you did it right. They didn't think you, you were talented enough. You didn't, you, you're not well enough. That's what, that's what uh, Tobiah did. He attacked their actions saying, what are they building? If a fox climbs up on it, he will break down their stone walls, insulting all the work the Jews were doing. They were weak. They, they, it would be destroyed. This gives us a good look, brothers and sisters, how the devil works in our lives. We sign up to help in the children's church. We sign up to help on the arena team, drive a golf cart, put together a sandwich. Opposition comes. It's not from God, brothers. It's not from that church member or that person. It's from the enemy, Satan himself. He wants to stop your ever growing in Christ tonight. Somebody hear me tonight. He wants to stop you from growing in Christ. And he's going to use people. He's going to use anything in his power to insult you, to mock you, to belittle you, to spit on you. I've been spitting my face. I had a man spit in my face one time. I said, that's okay, devil. I'll be here tomorrow. Huh? Somebody, amen. 
You know what, brothers and sisters, when you sign up, there's always going to be opposition, but it's not from people, it's from the devil. The devil is your enemy, not people. Shake off what people say. You enlisted in this battle when you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you believe in God. You are a soldier and you have to be militant. You have to be military minded. If we're going to start believing that all this opposition is coming from this person or that person or their person's around or this person's against us, you know what? We're going to fail. If we can put all of our efforts in fighting Satan, we're going to win. Somebody hear me tonight. That's English, easy to understand, hard to swallow. Too many people get mad and quit. Too many people get upset and they, 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 they go and they church hop. They didn't get their way here. They didn't get their way there. It's just, I'm leaving. I'm mad. I'm disappointed. They did this to me. They did this to me. The enemy got you, sucker. Huh? We, we tried to help you. We try to preach to you. We, I, I'm telling you, this church is probably the most honest church you'll ever be in in your life. You'll hear stuff like right here that you'll probably never hear somewhere else. So remember that the next time you're helping. Remember that when you start helping Scott at the car show and somebody comes up and says, you don't know what you're doing. Remember uh, uh, J.B. Rice when you start helping and, and you're running security around here and somebody comes and says, what do you got him doing it for? You remember that when you're helping at vacation Bible school, when someone belittles your every effort, all you're trying to build, all you're trying to become. It's not that person. It's the devil and he hates your guts. And let me tell you how to put him in his place. You remember what Nehemiah did. He didn't listen to the insults. Everybody stick your fingers in your ears like this. I just want to see if you do it. I just, I just, I just want to see if you do it. I just, I, I, God bless you for doing it. Really, sometimes we just got to say, look, man, he's, I can't listen to him no more. I got a job to do. I got a task at hand. I'm not going to be a crybaby. I'm not going to suck my tongue. I'm not going to gripe to everybody in the church. I'm going to put my back to the wind, and I'm going to get something done for Jesus. Somebody follow. Amen. <laughs> Touch somebody and say, don't be a crybaby. Cry, <laughs> Amen. I'm never coming back here. Another thing, brothers, number two, number two, we've got to be militant-minded. We've got to be military-minded. You see the wars that they're raising against God's, God's own chosen land, his own chosen people. The war is also being waged, waged right here in the good old USA. And while the war is embarking and they're trying to take us down, we need to be strong and courageous soldiers. Write that down. You need to be strong and courageous Second Timothy 2, 3, and 4 says, Share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus to please the recruiter. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of every day. Boy, when I read that today, Brother Vic, I started to cry. In my office today, I read that and I started to weep. None of us need to get entangled in the everyday stuff what this person says about us or what this person thinks about us or what these people, these outsiders think about us. 
He says right here, he says, share in the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus to please the recruiter. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in the concerns of everyday life. Don't get entangled with the concerns of everyday life. If you do, you will not see the enemy coming. Huh? Hear me tonight. If you get concerned and entangled with every little thing going on, you can't see the enemy when he's coming. You'll be blinded by this and that and this pity thing over here or this little pity thing. Can I say this to you tonight? Not everything is worth fighting for. Come on, somebody. Not everything is worth fighting for. You need to pick your battles, brothers and sisters. Stay focused. Stay focused. Stay military-minded. If, if you got to stay on guard, get your eyes wide open. I don't want nobody watching my back sleeping on the job. Jesus thought that too, and his own disciples fell asleep on him. Church, we need to wake up and keep our eyes on the prize. There's something bigger out there for us than this world can hold. Come on, somebody. We can trust God with everyday concerns as we delight ourselves in Him and following in His Word. We have to be strong and courageous as we work for the Lord and receive His healing touch as we begin to rebuild our lives. God told Joshua to be strong and courageous many times. I believe this was because we as humans need to be encouraged from time to time. I know I need encouragement from time to time. You know, I really feel like we are put together, Cowboy Church, as a bunch of unique weirdos. Strange and unique from both sides of the track. Come on, somebody. I love that about this church, too. And we come together so that we can encourage one another, so that we can lift up one another, so that we can support one another. So when somebody falls, there'll be three or four to help them get up. Come on, somebody, so that we help them get up. If somebody's ever helped you get your... Ooh, Lord. You ought to be ready to willing and pay back to give somebody else a hand up. We are here to encourage and lift one another up, support one another. God calls us to be strong and courageous, and he told him three or four times, Hey, man, be strong and courageous. We need to be encouraged from time to time. We need somebody telling us, you're doing a great job. Keep going. Move forward. Remember how far you came? Remember that old man you used to be? Remember that lady you used to be? Oh, you weren't a lady, were you? But now you are. Some of y'all caught that. I'm just wondering who. Amen. By the grace of God, there go I. By the grace of God, there go I. You know, God told Joshua to be strong and courageous many times. I believe this was because we humans need encouragement and re reminded. Joshua 1, 6 says, Be strong and courageous, for you will dispute the land I swore to uh, that you will distribute distribute sorry be strong and courageous for you will distribute the land I swore to the their fathers to give you as an inheritance. Above all, he says, be strong and very courageous to be carefully observed the whole instructions my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from to the right or to the left so that you will have success wherever you go. And again, he says, be strong and courageous. Joshua was told that strong and courageous 
strong and courageous. I know why he said that to him three times. Because fear paralyzes us. Fear stops us in our tracks. It paralyzes us. Who's been paralyzed by fear before? You don't know what tomorrow holds. Start freaking out. How are you going to get this done? How are you going to have what's going to happen? What if I do this? What? Fear paralyzes us, keeps us from moving forward. That's why we need to be encouraged. That's why the Bible says be strong and courageous. Oh, yeah, you want to start a church? You want to start a ministry? You want to, you want to go do this? Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous because there's going to come opposition from the inside and the outside. Be strong and courageous. You want to serve God? You really want to work in the nursery? Be strong and courageous. You know, I had some great people working in the nursery one time. They quit because someone came in there and they just chewed them up one side and down the other. Because when they picked up their baby, their baby was wet. They picked up their baby out of the nursery one time. I remember this. I don't know why God's telling me to share this with you, but he's telling me to share this with you. I had some great ladies working. There was a family there, and they was working in the nursery, and they were a great, great asset to our church. And, man, they loved those babies, and they'd kiss them and googly-googly and pinch their cheeks and put baby powder on their butt. They did all kinds of cool stuff. And, 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 and they'd always, every time, every time, before mom or dad came in after church to pick up their baby, they'd always change them. They'd always make sure when that baby got out of there that he was out there with a, a, a fresh, clean diaper. Well, it just so happened that day there were only two ladies working in there, and they just got overwhelmed with babies, and they were trying their very best, and they missed one diaper. It just so happened to be one person that comes to church that's never happy anyway. Then they just started browbeating them, just started insulting them, just started jumping on them. I can't believe you did this. I can't believe you did that. They came to me and said, Pastor, I think we want to do something else. I said, you can't let the opinion of one person stop you from doing what your purpose is in Christ. I couldn't convince them to stay. I couldn't convince them to stay. I tried very hard to convince them to stay. I couldn't convince them to stay. But you know what? They're still here in this church. They're still serving God. They're in another area of this church. Some days I remember back to, well, at least they didn't quit God. There will be some people sometimes that hurt us, and they cause us to stumble, and they cause us to quit ministries and quit serving in this capacity, and they cause us sometimes, can I say this, to take a little break. But don't quit on Jesus. Don't quit on Jesus. He don't want you to quit him. He loves you so much. You know, be strong and courageous. He tells him over and over again, be strong, be courageous. Man, I, I was just a young pastor then. If you did that to somebody today, you won't be the one coming to this church because I'm not going to tolerate anybody insulting other people at this church. It's not right. It's not biblical. Come on, somebody. It's not right and it's not biblical for other people to come and insult other people at church. I'm not going to tolerate it. We shouldn't have to tolerate it. I, I didn't know how to handle it back then, but I know how to handle it now. Hey, can I see you in my office? Hey, Pastor, how you doing? Hey, you hurt old people. You hurt those ladies. You insulted them. You're rude. You're disrespectful. Now, I want you to get your butt up out of my chair, and I want you to go there. I want you to apologize to them. Well, I ain't going to do it. Well, go over there to Fellowship of the Woodlands. Because too many people, too many people, too many good Christians are getting killed on the battlefield by own Christian people. Come on, somebody hear me tonight. 
Christians are killing their own too fast today. Some people are just hard to deal with. They're impossible. You, you, you go to them over and over again and say, don't act like that. Don't say that. Don't do that. Come on, you're hurting everybody. You're saying these things. It's not right. Stop. Please stop. We don't want you to be like that. But there comes a time where you got to say, you know what? No more. No more, devil. No more, devil. I'm not going to have that here. I think as a church, God put us together for a mighty purpose. And we're all the hands and feet of Christ, and we make up this great big body. Insults come. People say things. You'll get hurt. You'll get, you'll get abused. You'll be slandered. But the great news at the end of the day, you're doing it for Jesus. And it says they hated him first and they're going to hate you. But put your shoulders back and go to work. Fear can paralyze you if you let it. Fear has the potential to tear us apart and possibly divide us up. We have to believe in faith that God will be there for us as he promised in his word. He said in Joshua 10, he told Joshua, the Lord said, do not be afraid of the Amorites. They will run. They will run from you. Your enemies will run from you. They will run away when you attack, and I will help you defeat them. How many need God's help tonight? The third thing is, know your authority in Christ. Write that down. Know your authority in Christ. Our job is to get the, in the battle position that God has commanded us to do and let God do the rest. This has always been the motive here at Caney Creek Cowboy Church and any ministry that you're on, get yourself in that position, whether it be leading an outdoor ministry or leading an indoor ministry around here, bull riding, roping, barrel racing, concession stand, get yourself in that position, get around other people, Know your authority and get the job done. How many hear me? Know your authority. Devil comes in all forms and fashions. You got to know whose authority. You can call on Jesus anytime, and devils have to flee you. How many hear me tonight? I know God will do his part. As I'm faithful and do what God has called me to do, God will do his part. We must be strong and bold and unashamed to call on his name. We walk in the authority that he has given us through Christ Jesus. I want you to look at Luke 10, 19. If you've got a highlighter, highlight this. I'm going to teach you something right here, and we're going to go. We're on number three, and we'll pick back up next week. Know your authority in Christ. You've been given authority. Come on, somebody. You've been given authority. Amen. We walk in the authority that has been given to us by Christ Jesus. Luke 10, 19 says, look, highlight it, circle it. Whatever you do, don't mark it out. Luke 10, 19 says, look, I have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy, nothing will ever harm you touch somebody and say nothing will ever harm you everybody read that together look i have given you the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and all over the power of the enemy nothing will ever harm you praise god for that tonight 
knowing this, we can be assured that God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. How many need to hear that tonight, that God is faithful? God is faithful. Knowing this, we can be assured that God is with us, and we should never be afraid of the enemy. The enemy wants us to believe that we have no authority over him. But once we acknowledge this by reading God's word and believing God's word and putting God's word into action, once we've acknowledged this, he can't do anything about us or to us. As a church, he can't do anything about us. No matter what the outside community says, we're not a cult. We've been called a cult. A bunch of freaks. A bunch of weirdos, a bunch of a bunch of misfits, a bunch of uh, uh, yeah, Jesus free. We've been we've been called a cult. Well, I'm not shaving my hair and going to the airport for anybody. <laughs> I'm gonna stand right here and put a bull riding on. I'm gonna stand right here and put a team roping on. I'm gonna stand right here. And try to do something to get some people to look our way so we can tell them the good news of Jesus Christ. Someone the other day was getting a haircut, and they, that, that one person asked him, What are you doing these days? He said, Well, I'm, I'm going to the cowboy church. Oh, what do you think about that pastor down there? Well, I think that pastor down there is awesome. Well, we heard a lot of things about that church. He said, yeah, that church does a lot of things. There's always going to be people talking about you. There's always people going to be slandering your good name, trying to ruin your, what you're trying to do for God. But you got to, listen to me, you got to trample over that stuff. Knowing this, that we can trample over snakes and scorpions and that we have the power over the enemy, nothing will ever harm you. The enemy wants us to believe that we have no authority over him. But once you acknowledge this, he can't do anything to us. He lies to us so that we'll believe he has power, but he ain't got no power. Our fear can give him temporary power, and that strifes us and it paralyzes us. This is why we need not fear, and we need to walk in God's boldness that he's given us. I, I want to assure some people tonight that you can be bold, and you can be courageous. And for all of you who have been walking with your head down for years, it's time to pick your chin up. It's time to put your chin up. <laughs> Thank God for that tonight. My wife's always been a very shy person, and and God has really brought her out of that shell. And she used to be really inferior to people. And, and I would say, baby, you can't let people intimidate you like that. You can't let people's personalities influence who you are in Christ. And I tell you that, didn't I? Amen. Say amen. Amen. She ain't smiling, but she's looking. But she loves that today because I told her, I said, baby, the only person that can make you feel inferior is you. The only person that can make you feel worthless is you you don't have to feel worthless anymore you are not worthless you have power inside of you and if you'll just tap into a little bit of his resources god's going to take you and do some incredible things i was watching a little video i don't know if i shared it or not but i was watching a video of of this doctor a christian doctor i shared it i saw it somebody posted it i don't know 
But it, it was a doctor, and he was in a, uh, there was a, a man on his way to work one day, and he started feeling really bad. He had heavy chest pain. He called his boss, and he said, I don't think I'm going to be able to come in to work today. And, and, and the boss said, what's the matter? He said, man, I'm having chest pain. It's really, really bad. And his boss said, you better get to the hospital, buddy. You don't play around with this. Go on to the hospital. The man don't even remember driving himself to the hospital, but he drove himself to the hospital. And as soon as he got out of the car and walked into the emergency room, he collapsed right there with a massive heart attack. They worked on him for 45 minutes trying to restore him, to try to bring him back. This is a true story. This is a true story. This ain't made up. It's a true story. And, and they worked on him for 45 minutes. Finally, the doctor was there. The cardiologist that was on duty said, just call it. He's not, he's not coming back. He's dead. There's nothing else that we could do. We've been trying for 45 minutes. Just call it. They gave him the time, the time of death, and, and they wrote it down. Everybody went back to doing what they were doing, and the nurse was there, and she was cleaning him up and prepping him to take him out of there. And, and the doctor was in there, and he was doing his paperwork. And out of nowhere, he heard a voice. He heard a voice that said, I want you to put your hands on him and pray for him. I want you to put that man, your hands on that man and pray for him. He heard that, and he ignored it. First time he heard it, he ignored it. About five or ten minutes goes by. And he heard that voice again said, I want you to put your hands on him and pray for him. The doctor, being a Christian, said, Lord, why am I praying for him? He's already dead. But out of obedience, and this is where we need to come into play, out of obedience to Christ, we have to fall under what he tells us to do. And come on, somebody. Out of obedience to Christ and his love for the Lord, he went over there, and he pulled the sheep back. And the nurse said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm instructed to pray for this man. He didn't know why he was doing it. He didn't have a clue what was going on. But he put both of his hands on him, and he bowed his head, and he said, Lord, if this man is in darkness, wake him up in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden, the guy coughed. All of a sudden, he just started coughing. <coughs> he started coughing it. And all of a sudden, that nurse freaked out. <laughs> she ran out there and started calling for people. They come back in and said, what in the world is going on? And the doctor said, I was just told by the Lord to pray for him. Next thing you know, they're sticking IVs back in. They're trying to hook him up. All of a sudden, the guy gets his wits about him. And you know what? His heartbeat began to beat perfect. The doctor had the power in him from the Lord to conquer death. The enemy wants you to think you're going to die or that this situation is over or that this marriage is through or that your time is done with this. You know, but he's such a liar. He's so crafty at his lies. The doctor was afraid, too, because he didn't know what everybody was going to think. But he'd rather do what God told him to do than to worry about what everybody else thought. So the man, so this is true, man. This was awesome. Anybody see that? Anybody? Scott did. He's the only one to stay on Facebook. Get to work, boy. <laughs> and the doctor, the doctor checked on him. 
for three days. They finally let him out of the hospital in three days. It's been a couple of years ago. They can't find any problems with his heart. There's nothing wrong there. Everything is perfect. You know, that's what Nehemiah said. Nehemiah said that, that he said that if you'll stay focused, if you'll stay focused, know your authority in Christ. That is why we need to fear the Lord more than we need to fear what other people think. Come on, somebody. So I want to leave you with a couple of scriptures that I want you to write down. And I want you to study this week. Brother Mark, you've never done that. Well, good. This is new. I want you to study these. I want you to turn there with me. There's four of them. And we're going to read them tonight. Well, you're going to read them. Isaiah 54, 17. Everybody there got my Bible? Write it down. Write it down. I want you to study this. These are scriptures that will give you the authority over the devil. I looked them up. I put them down here. They're especially for you. Now watch this. Uh, Chris, you got a Bible there, cowboy? I want you to stand up, and I want you to read that as loud as you can. Isaiah 54, 17. Highlight it, write it, study it. We're going to go over these again next week, and I want you to know them by heart. Come on, somebody. Give Chris a big round of applause. Amen. Why do you need that scripture? Hey, listen back there, Jimmy. Why do you need that scripture? Why is that scripture important for you, just you? I don't know if anybody else gets it, but it says right here, no weapon formed against you will be successful. Alto, you need that, homeboy. You need that in your life. No weapon formed against you will be successful. When the enemy comes attacking, what, what? I got a scripture for him. Isaiah 54 and 17, devil. I will be successful. My business will prosper. I will be able to pay my house note. I will be able to pay for my car. I will be able to take that pretty girl out on a date. I don't care what you say. That pretty girl right there, she belonged to me. We're going out. Uh, or a few dates. No weapon formed against you will succeed. Say that with me. I want you to memorize that, and I'm going to ask you to read these next week without looking at them. Matthew 16, 9. Mary, I want you to stand up and read that. Matthew 16, 9. These scriptures will give you authority over the enemy. I'm glad you gave them to me, preacher. Let me hear you. Amen. Highlight it, circle it, write it down, pay attention to it, but most of all, memorize it. Nineteen, baby. Matthew sixteen, nineteen. 
Tell me what you men heard real quick. Okay, I'm just checking. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Here's what it is. Listen, guys, listen. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you shall loose on earth, you shall loose in heaven. How many like to have those keys tonight? Uh, <laughs> jingling in your pocket. That if you don't want to drink no more, if you don't want to drug no more, if you don't want to lie no more, if you loosen that, you're going to lose it here, you're going to lose it in heaven. Come on, somebody, give God a praise. Amen. Whatever you bind here, those keys to prosperity and health and whole living and, and, and loving everybody and, and, and reaching for the best for your life, you're going to open up that door also. Mark 16, 15. Mary Ellen, read that for me. Mark 16, 15 through 18. We're going to memorize these, amen? It's going to give us authority over the enemy. No, Mark 16, 15. I was ready for the Christmas program. <laughs> yes. Yes. Creation. Yes, ma'am. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Come on, somebody. Thank you, Miss Mariana. And he said to them, go and preach the good news. And I encourage you guys to start inviting people to church. Get out there and tell people what God's doing in your own life. He said to them, go out and preach the good news. Whoever believes in it and baptized saved will not be condemned. In, the, in his name, you'll be able to cast out demons. They'll be able to speak in a new tongue. They will be able to pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. And they will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. Uh, you know what? Miss Vicky's been having those headaches, and she's been having those headaches. She's been having those headaches. And you know, the other day we brought her up here before the church, and we anointed her with the oil. 
And you know what? Those headaches have calmed down, praise God. Amen. Because of your prayers. And everybody put their hand forward who believed that that would happen. And you know what? She wore that same, that she had doctors telling her she could have a brain tumor. She had doctors telling her she could have cancer. She had doctors spitting out all kinds of this and that. So don't. We told her she had Jesus. We believed that she was going to be healed. She wore that shirt that we anointed her in the oil with five days. I don't even think she washed it yet. <laughs> to every appointment she had, Brother Vic, she wore that shirt. And she's gotten good news every time she showed up back to the doctor. And if God will do that for her, he'll do that for you. Somebody say amen. And the last thing, and we're done. Ephesians 6, 10. Donnie, would you read that, brother? Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, Donnie, because I love you. You get the biggest one. Ephesians 6. Amen. Yes. Yes. Yeah, give Donnie a big round of applause. Amen. Let me tell you, and we're done. Put on the full armor of God. That whatever comes against you, whatever comes against you, that you will conquer it. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, help us to learn these scriptures. So easy to learn when we open up our hearts and our minds. I believe that I've learned a lot over the years. And I'd sure like to learn how I can use these scriptures for the good of my family, for the good of my husband, for the good of my wife. I'd like to learn these scriptures, Lord, that I might be one day able to teach them to my grandchildren. Lord, help us to learn tonight these scriptures. That we will send Satan back to hell where he belongs. That he will not have any power over our health or over our wealth. He will not have any power over good Christian folks. You and I are good Christian folks. Come on, somebody say amen. You and I are good Christian folks. And we're not going to give the devil an inch. We're going to defeat him with this word of God that we've learned tonight.
We're going to study the Word of God. We're going to come back next week. We're going to be proud of ourselves because we've learned it. We'll be able to call on these scriptures and we'll be able to put on the, 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 the belt plate and the, and the sword and, and we'll have the shoes, Lord. And we'll be able to call on your name. We'll be able to stand there and fight. Lord, I thank you that you've given us all the keys that we need to open all the doors and to shut the ones we need to shut and lock. Lord, I call on you tonight that if there be anybody here that don't have a personal relationship with you, that they would get their life right with you tonight. If you're here tonight you never prayed and asked Christ to come into your life, pray with me right now. Just say, Lord, come into my life and save me. Today I make you my Lord and Savior. From this day forward, I'm going to serve you. If you prayed that, you've been enlisted to be a soldier in the army of the Lord. God bless you tonight. Father, strengthen the weak tonight. Give hope to the weary tonight. And dry the eyes of those who have lost hope. Because joy cometh in the morning. And we're fighting with you here tonight. We're fighting. Your brothers and sisters want you to be there in the end. Come on, somebody. I want everyone that's here tonight to be here when God calls us home. If we get raptured up or he calls us early, let's do it together. We're all one big happy family. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a praise, amen.